the place for Celtics news, the place for Celtics opinion, the place for Celtics talk. It's Cattles on Causeway. All right, full disclosure here. This podcast is usually about a half hour long. It's going to be shorter today. You can thank executive producer Kyle Hightower for showing up late to the building. So this one's on him. I haven't even asked him what his excuse is. But thanks for joining us. Cattles on Causeway podcast. Let's talk about regular season week number one and something else that came out this morning. And I think that's where we will lead this thing off. And it has to do with Kyrie Irving. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is just delicious. And it's, it's so predictable. It is so predictable that we are here with Kyrie Irving already in the Brooklyn Nets being concerned about how he's acting. Jackie McMullen has a story on ESPN.com. It was published early this morning, and it's just incredible. Sink your teeth into it. Enjoy the details. Uh, Here are some of those details. Uh, She writes, it was going swimmingly until Brooklyn dispatched its performance team to Santa Monica for an annual two-day minicamp with the players. Now, this minicamp involved, among other things, gathering biometric data through wearables. Irving, who has spent the past nine years working with his own performance specialist, Robin Pound, nice little shout-out for Robin, uh, balked. Shocker, right? When the Nets gently urged him. I love some of these descriptive words in this story, right? They gently, the team gently urged. How do you gently urge somebody? Can you please do it right now? Nudge him in. Can you just please do this? Please, Kyrie. Kyrie, no. Kyrie, Kyrie. Kyrie. I, I know. I know, Kyrie. But can we just, can you just work with us this one time? When the Nets gently urged Irving to participate, Irving didn't mince words. Quote, I'm not doing it, unquote. (laughs) I mean, you could just set the scene, can't you? You can just set this scene 100%. The Nets are like, listen, this is what we do. We get biometric data. Everybody has these wearables. This is what the, the philosophy of this program is, this franchise is. Kyrie, can you please, we understand it's not what you're used to. We understand you've had your own performance specialist for nine years. Can you just please just put a wearable on for this? I'm not doing it. Kyrie, can you, I'm not doing it. Kyrie, it's just, I'm not doing it. Like you could, you could just see this. McMullen writes, it created an awkward moment. Team sources say for incumbent players who had benefited from the performance staff and ingrained that input into their routine. So already, you know, this is before the season starts. Here's Irving upsetting the apple cart, pissing people off, rubbing people in the organization the wrong way, uh, creating an awkward moment between himself and teammates. And, and this is something, you know, you look back at his Celtics tenure and you could find this chapter in the book. You can find the chapter over and over and over again. You know, did the Nets talk to him about this stuff? Was there any kind of conversation? I bet you there wasn't. You want to know why? Because Kevin Durant and Kyrie went up to the Nets and said, you are the chosen ones. Give us our contracts. None of these details were covered, I bet you. And if they were, it doesn't matter because Irving's going to reverse course whenever he wants. That's the way he ticks. 
McMullen writes, Brooklyn's players speak glowingly of Irving's leadership and temperament. Yeah, so did the Celtics and so did the Cavs early on, okay? That line in this story is priceless because the players are speaking glowingly of his leadership and temperament. Meanwhile, in the background, all the shit's happening already. Shit's flying, but there's a couple of guys on the team going, nah, he's not that bad. (laughs) We love Kyrie. Don't pay attention to the shit slinging. We love him. Can't get enough of him. Going to get a tattoo of him on my chest. McMullen continues. Even though there are players in Brooklyn speak, uh, speaking glowingly of Irving's leadership and temperament, uh, Irving's infamous mood swings confirmed by his ex-teammates, which followed him from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn, are the unspoken concern that makes Nets officials queasy. Um, it's not unspoken anymore. Once it's in a report on ESPN.com, it is quite spoken. When Irving lapses into these funks, He often shuts down, unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff, front office, and sometimes even his teammates. You don't say. Nets team sources say one such episode. This, my friends, sit back, grab a glass of wine, grab a cold beer, grab water, grab ginger ale, whatever you drink. Sit back, kick your feet up, and listen to this one. Nets team sources say one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip to China. And remember, all this stuff's going on with China, right? All this crazy stuff's going on with China. The NBA has enough headaches. The Nets have enough headaches. But here's Kyrie. Trip to China. And uh, this episode left everyone scratching their heads, according to Jackie McMullen. As what precipitated it? Hmm. Hmm. Guess what, Nets? This is what you're going to learn. Nothing has to precipitate it. Did, did, did the Nets not watch when the Celtics surrounded Kyrie Irving with everything a young man would want during a basketball career? With a good head coach, with a great GM, with an ownership willing to spend money, with young talent surrounding him, two veteran all-stars in Gordon Hayward and Al Horford, and it still did not matter. He was going to find something to be angry and frustrated and irritated about. Nothing has to precipitate it. It's Kyrie. This is this is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So McMullen writes, there's already been leeway to allow Irving to march to his own drum. So already they know this guy is going to be a royal pain in the ass. Already. It's been, what, four months, four and a half months since he signed the contract? Is the ink even dry? And they know he's already going to be a major, major pain in the ass. So they're already giving him leeway to march to his own drum, quote unquote. The Nets are willing to look past moments like the photo shoot at the Pearl TV Tower in China. Oh, please do tell. (laughs) This is what happened at the uh, photo shoot. At the Pearl TV Tower in China, Irving refused to remove his hat and instructed the team to Photoshop it out. This is the definition of petulance. They're at a photo shoot, okay? It's in China. There's a million things happening. You you have... How many other things should Kyrie Irving be worried about other than his hat? And here he is, right? 
in the middle of the China chaos, in the middle of trying to put this team together and find chemistry, here is Irving having a tantrum in the middle of Pearl TV Tower in China because somebody, God forbid, told him to take his hat off. So Kyrie would not take his hat off. No, 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 no. My hat is on. If you think I'm taking this hat off, you're sadly mistaken. You know what you can do? You can take that photo and you can Photoshop the hat off my head. This is what happens with him. Can you imagine the stories that have gone untold? Oh, my God. McMullen writes, the Nets will focus more on the bigger issue of sharing the basketball and maintaining good team chemistry. So the Nets are like, okay, yeah, the the Photoshop hat thing. Yep, whatever. Who gives a shit? We gotta we gotta make sure this guy actually passes the basketball. <laughs> we got bigger fish to fry. Like if he's actually going to get along with his teammates. My goodness. And listen, I was wrong. I was wrong about Kyrie. You know, at the beginning, I. And, you know, I don't regret it because I wanted to give him time. I know people, including the one and only Michael Felger, was calling him an a-hole within like three weeks of his <laughs> of his Celtics career. I wanted to give him some leeway. Not like the Nets giving him leeway over a hat in China or whatever the hell's going on there. But I figured, listen, he just showed up, right? Let's give him some time. Even his first year, he was trying to grow as a leader. Year two was an utter shit show disaster. And this is why. Now, I know Jalen Brown, who I'm going to talk about in a minute. I know Jalen Brown had his own issues. I know Jason Tatum had his own issues. I know Gordon Hayward was trying to get back and and feel the game again and find his rhythm. I understand all that. But if there is a blame pie, and there is always a blame pie, if there's a blame pie, the vast majority of that pie needs to be thrown right at Kyrie Irving for what happened last year with the Celtics. It's week one of the regular season, folks. It's week one. In one week, in one week, we already have a long expose on Kyrie Irving and the issues that are bubbling in Brooklyn. Do you think Kevin Durant's going to be able to just walk right back in a year from now and everything's going to be fine? I don't know. Maybe. I give it a 5% chance. All right, let's move on. because I just, you know, we got to talk about that. That that's That's juicy. That is a juicy Tuesday morning story. And I you can't resist that shit. All right, so let's move on to the Celtics. Again, blame Kyle Hightower for the shortened podcast this morning. Uh, you can send what's, what's your Facebook page and Twitter information so people can blast the shit out of you. Uh, at Nixie Radio. Douche. You can find him. He's out there, folks. Kyle Hightower. I believe his, his name on Facebook is Kyle Joe Ban Hightower. I don't pay attention to his Twitter. I, I got to talk to him enough during the day. Drives me batshit crazy as it is. A lot of Tiger tweets. Okay, yeah. A lot of Tiger tweets. Big weekend for you. Number 82. Uh, So, let's move on. At Causeway Podcast is our Twitter handle. 
And you can listen to us as you are right now, SoundCloud, iTunes, and you can follow me on Twitter. Thanks for the plug, Hightower, at Nick C Radio. Uh, so regular season, week number one in the books. Celtics are 2-1. and one. Next game coming up tomorrow night against Milwaukee. And here are just a few things that I've noticed early on in the season. And I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to leap to some grandiose conclusions about what this team is going to be. I told you before the season tipped off that I believe the Celtics would win at least 50 games. I still feel that way. I don't think anything you see in the first three games, though, tells you what this team is going to be game 65 through 68 of the season. But what I've seen so far, most of it good. I mean, let's start with Jalen Brown. The, the phrase within sports is the game is slowing down. That's what I see with Jalen Brown. The game is slowing down. And I'm not talking about just his stat lines and stuff like that. When you watch him play, the decision-making with the basketball has improved. If you go back to his rookie season, he was out of control. He never had his head up. He couldn't find open teammates. You know, it was was a 50-50 coin flip on whether or not he was going to make the right basketball play. That's much better now. He's under control. He's aware of his teammates. His decision-making has improved. And that's somebody who is maturing and continuing to develop. He's also finishing in transition after initiating that transitional offense. He could always dunk the basketball. He was always an amazing athlete. He was always able to run the wing and catch a pass from a teammate and slam it. Now what I see is a guy who can actually grab the defensive rebound, dribble it coast to coast, and make a play on the other end. That part of his game is much, much better. And I've got to tell you, I I talked about this a little bit last week with this contract extension being announced. There's no reason, no reason whatsoever to not believe that he's not going to continue to develop. He is going to continue to develop because that's exactly what he's done through every single step of his process with the Celtics. And I I like what I've seen from Brown so far. As far as Kemba, well, Kemba finally got cooking on Saturday night. He finally got cooking at MSG. That was the Kemba we'd been waiting for. Rough start. I I think a couple of things. Philadelphia's length and size bothered him a little bit, right? And it was the first game with a new team that actually mattered. Then he had his TD Garden debut. I think he was a little shook during that moment as well. He was able to finally get to a place that is familiar. Remember his time at UConn, he had some major, major moments at MSG in the Big East tournament. So that's a place he's played well before, and he could find that comfort level. He didn't feel that inherent pressure from the crowd and to try to impress people. He just went out there and he played, and he finally looked like Kemba. Nice to see. Nice to see. No surprise. He will grow into this offense. He will get his looks. He's the last guy I'm worried about. Jason Tatum. I I watch his first three games, and I just think to myself, this guy has so much room to improve, which should be downright scary for other teams. Listen, there's some good and some bad about Jason so far this year. The good, he's rebounding. He's averaging better than nine rebounds a game. And that has long been a question mark about him. Is he willing to get down low and fight for rebounds and be physical and really have a presence on the glass? So far this year, the answer is yes. The other thing that I've been impressed with, 
his three-point volume. But it's not only that he's jacking up more threes. He's taking about seven a game. It's the fact that he's hitting the threes. He's upped his volume, and he has better efficiency. Now, I'm not telling you he's going to shoot 45.5% from three all year long. But what I'm telling you is if he continues to take the volume of threes that he's taken and he's at about 40%, that's great. The third thing that I like watching from Tatum this year so far, he's defensively involved. He's averaging three steals a game. He's got busy hands. He's paying attention to what's happening around him. He's not always getting caught ball watching. He's doing a better job. Here's the bad, okay? The not so good through the first three games. There's two things to me. Occasional decisiveness. You know, he's still trying to find that balance of getting to the rim or taking the three. He's shooting 34% from the field. And what that tells me is, you know, he's knocking down threes. He's having trouble. He's having trouble mid-range. He's having trouble at times inside, right? And I've seen this plenty of times from him so far where he drives. He's just unable to finish because he forces it. He takes an awkward angle. So he still has some indecisiveness to his game. I think he'll figure that out. The other thing that hasn't been so good is his facilitating. You know, he's To me, he's been, you know, again, I'm going to use the word with Tatum a lot this year, I feel like. Balance. He's trying to find the balance between taking threes, driving to the bucket. He's trying to find balance between being the aggressive scorer and being a facilitator. We have not seen the facilitator nearly enough. You know, he's, he's averaging like two assists a game. And I don't think he had a single assist against the Knicks on Saturday night. So he needs to figure that out. When is he going to be aggressive and look to score? When is he going to look to find his teammates to get them involved? But his IQ is there. His basketball IQ is there. His skill level is there. And if he tweaks a couple of things, his decisiveness, and he finds that balance between being the aggressive scorer and the facilitator, and I'm not asking him to have seven assists a game, just every once in a while, pass it to a teammate, you know, a little often, more often than he has. If he just tweaks a couple of those things, we could see that step this year. Uh, Gordon Hayward, I think the message to him is stay aggressive. When you look at field goal attempts this year, it's gone from 15 to 12 to 10. Now, to be fair, he only played 27 minutes against the Knicks because that was a blowout. So, you know, he, he took less shots on Saturday night, but the minutes would tell you he was going to take less shots. I said before the season tipped off, Hightower as my witness, you know, I, I felt like Hayward was going to be the guy that was likely going to take less shots. And I had said the magic number, you know, Hayward was, I, I think I said at the time, you know, 13 to 15 shots. Tatum was around 15 to 17. Uh, Kemba was around 15 to 18. And, and Jalen was around 12 or so shots a game. That's how I see this offense working. And so far, that's pretty much been it. Hayward needs to stay around 12 to 14 field goal attempts a game. If he's doing that, he's playing within the rhythm of the offense. He, he's looking for his own shot from time to time. And he's, he's doing the right things. His free throws have plummeted from 11 to 2 to 0. Let's see more of Hayward versus Philadelphia when he was attacking the basket than we've seen the past couple of games. But it was nice to see that he's capable of doing that. 
I, I think he's got to play with better control. He, he's still trying to feel himself out. He's had seven turnovers the last two games. So he, he's got to play with some better control. So those are my overall thoughts. Some quick hits if you want them. The C's can hurt you with a different guy every single night. That's what we're learning. You know, Kemba can burn you one night. Tatum can burn you one night. Brown can burn you one night. And Hayward played very well against Philadelphia. He has the capability of burning you. That's difficult to defend if you're an opposing team. Robert Williams is starting to get it. Uh, Somebody told me that there was a host on EEI that said that he was a bust. Get out of my face with that. I don't know how anybody could classify Williams as a bust. He hardly played last year. And he's looked pretty good in the first few games this season. Uh, I've I've been mostly impressed by his rebounding. And defensively, he's been more responsible, which was huge. He's not chasing as many blocks. He's not out of position as often as he was last year. Again, you can see the game kind of coming to him slowly but surely. Uh, Grant Williams and Carson Edwards are going to help this team. You've got to live with the rookie inconsistencies, but they're going to help. And finally, rebounding is going to be an issue. Rebounding is going to be an issue. Uh, big man depth with Enos Cancer's injury. Hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. I thought he played really well against Joel Embiid uh, in, in the first game of the season. But rebounding is going to be an issue. They've got to address that. Finding the right shot at the right time is going to be challenging because they've got a lot of offensive talent. And again, guys will at times fall into, well, we're just going to you know get into... I want my shot, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my shot. But those are things that can be fixed. You know, watching this team through the first three games, especially in the Eastern Conference, I don't know why there'd be any reason not to believe that they could win 50 games. I think they're the third best team in the conference. I think if they grow and they improve and Brown takes that step that we're seeing him take and Tatum takes that step, Kemba, you know, finds comfort they can challenge. They can challenge in the East. And I'm talking about challenge in the Eastern Conference Finals. Things will have to fall, and they'll have to be able to play as well as they can play. But I think that's the ceiling. I think you should be very happy about this team. And if you're not happy about this team through the first week of the season, just go back and read that Kyrie Irving story. Because, oh, it is delish. That's it. Cattle's on Causeway. Regular season week number one wrapped up. Again, follow us on Twitter at Causeway Podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell every single Celtics fan that you know about this podcast. We give it to you straight. We give it to you objective. Give you a little bit of funk as well that's not allowed because of the FCC. So continue to follow us here. We'll be back next Tuesday. Till then, enjoy the basketball.